0: FM Talk. On Demand Audio.
1: Phil Holloway has been all over this story. Fox News legal analyst. He's a great friend of this program as well. Phil, how are you this afternoon?
2: Always happy to be with my friends in St. Louis. Listen, this is a big deal, Mark. You know, we've got a a top prosecutor in one of the major cities in the United States, Atlanta, Georgia, who, uh, if you believe the evidence, which, by the way, is piling up, uh, you know, it looks like she may have committed a fraud on the court, in my opinion, perhaps even lied under oath. And I tell you, the the danger for her, both politically and otherwise, could not be any greater. I mean, this is, we're in potential disbarment territory, uh, perhaps criminal charges, if this thing turns out to to be true, that she's lied under oath. So, you know, these text messages really, really do give us a lot of color and context to see You know, what's going on and what the basis of this claim was that uh, the affair has started much earlier than they've publicly admitted to.
1: So explain a little bit more about the text messages. You know, the audio that we played, that's Terrence Bradley, the former law partner of Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade was the. the boyfriend of Fonny, although then they, they broke up, right? So that's what the crux of the issue is here to a certain extent. But he testified the other day and, and seemingly didn't go as far as even in some of these text messages, what they reveal. Is that an accurate interpretation of that?
2: Yeah, I think that's that's accurate. But let's, let's keep in mind that in Georgia, these are what you call prior inconsistent statements, and they can be used as substantive evidence if a witness says one thing on one day and another thing on another, that prior inconsistent statement can be used as substantive evidence. And in this case, the substantive evidence revealed in these text messages really shell down the corn. It says, quote, do you think it, meaning the affair, started before she, meaning Willis, hired him, meaning wait? And the response was, and this is in January of this year, the response was absolutely. And then he offers unsolicited the following statement. It started when she left the DA's office and and was judge in South Fulton. And for context, uh, the listeners won't be aware of this, but Ms. Willis was an assistant district attorney uh, under the prior administration. She left the DA's office around 2018 uh, to do other things, including open up a private law practice and become a part-time municipal court judge, uh, all in preparation to to run against the then incumbent uh, in the 2020 election. So here you have the former lawyer, former law partner, and former friend apparently uh, of Nathan Wade telling Michael Roman's lawyer that it started before Fonnie Willis even hired Nathan Wade. So setting aside the issue, Mark, of whether she lied or whether she could be disbarred or anything like that, under the law, if a judge believes that a witness has lied about one thing or is not telling the truth, then the judge can... Uh, discount and give no credibility and no weight to anything else, they say. And in this case, he doesn't have to believe her testimony when she said that she reimbursed Nathan Wade in this untraceable cash. And so now, if that's the case, we're back to square one. We're back to a financial conflict of interest, a personal financial stake in the mere existence of a case by a prosecutor is a conflict of interest and its grounds for removal.
1: One of the things I think I'm confused about is why were there – typically you don't have, like, text messages that are revealed in a case. So why was there so much communication via text message between this attorney and, um, you know, the law partner, Terrence Bradley? I, that That's confusing to me.
2: All right. So in the interest of full disclosure, I've known Terrence Bradley and I've known Ashley Merchant. And I've even known Nathan Wade for going on 30 right, years. Right. So we're all in the same – Legal community of criminal lawyers in the metro Atlanta area. And so, what I can tell you is that it's not uncommon for lawyers to collaborate when, when if I'm investigating, if, you, if you're my client and I need to investigate some facts and circumstances, you know, I, I will do that by talking with whoever I need to talk to. And if it happens to be a colleague, then so be it. What these text messages show it shows that Ms. Merchant was working on behalf of her client. She was trying to investigate, you know, what she. The the rumors or whatever that she had been hearing about the the affair, and she was trying to investigate it, and so she was turning to people that she knew who she thought might have information they could bring to bear on it. And it looks like the two were collaborating together to help her uh, draft and file an accurate and complete Motion to to dismiss and disqualify the DA based on all of this, and so um, he's he's literally telling her what witnesses to talk to, what witnesses to subpoena. In fact, Robin Yurdy is the witness who came to court, actually her own Zoom court, and she testified under oath that the uh, and she's friends with Fonnie Willis, and this all took place, you know, the visits and all this were at her condo. She says she saw them hugging and kissing and all that back as early as 2019, and she said that under oath she was a witness that was identified or helped to be identified by Terence Bradley when Ashley Merchant was investigating the circumstances. So this is quite a departure from what you see in these text messages, fast-forwarding to what we saw on the witness stand. So uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what the reason could be for yeah you know, him backing up a little bit on his testimony and not testifying on direct examination as as expected but at the end of the day she got the information in that she needed and almost in a way it, it it's i think arguably more effective because you've got it in writing and you've got it being stated very clearly in these text messages and as I said these these are substantive evidence that the judge can use to base his ruling on
1: yeah let me let me ask you a little bit Phil about um one specific message so at one point Ashley says to Terrence Bradley, do you think that she is still going to deny, deny the relationship? He says no. And this is on the 14th or I'm sorry, the 16th of January, just a couple of months ago. Too many people saw their interactions, Bradley says. Me too. I think they admit it. That's what Ashley Merchant says. And then Terrence Bradley says, how much was cross paid in the other special prosecutor? And she says, cross 250, Floyd 150. What does that mean? Is that significant there?
2: You know how the uh, part of what Ashley Merchant did is she attached contracts and information. She also filed, you know, open records requests. She's she's identifying what the issue, you know, is Nathan Wade being paid more than the other special prosecutors? Is he getting preferential treatment? This is all part of her investigation into the you. circumstances okay. there. And it's important to note that Nathan Wade also. Uh, well, excuse me, Terrence Bradley also had a contract because he was partners with Nathan Wade and uh it, it came out in court the other day that the contract to to do serv- to provide legal services to the DA's office, which by the way is extremely strange. Prosecutor's offices just don't they don't work on a, a private contractor hourly fee. You know, Jack Smith is a government employee full time. He he gets a paycheck, a salary like everybody else. But So this is very strange, but the contract for services to Mr. Bradley was brought to him, he says, by Nathan Wade, and Breitbart is out doing some pretty good reporting, and Breitbart is basically making the case that uh, during the transition and during the relevant time periods, the real decision maker on hiring and firing was none other than Nathan Wade. So uh, it's all kind of coming full circle.
1: So in these text messages, when you dig into them, it's interesting because, you know, you know, these players, as you indicated, Phil, but Nathan, uh, I'm sorry, Terrence Bradley and Ashley Merchant, they they seemingly have a really good relationship because at some point, you know, she even says, look, um, I got to put you on the stand. Probably I'm subpoenaing uh, Chris Campbell and Nathan's office stuff, but I probably gonna have to put you on the stand. He goes, I'm OK with it. And she says, it's my hope they do the right thing before then. He says, you're my friend. I trust you. They will not. They're arrogant as F. She thinks she won the other day when she didn't have to be deposed. And that was funny he's talking about there, right?
2: Yeah, it was. And there's another text message where... Uh, Ashley, at sort of towards the beginning she 's getting ready to to launch this missile, so to speak, at the district attorney, and she says i 'm nervous and uh, and Terence she says he says, "Well, you know something along the lines of you know you 're one of the best lawyers I know. go be great." Uh, you know it's, it's very collegial, very collaborative and uh, it's, it's really quite striking to see the contrast between the testimony in court and the, uh, and the text message thread.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.